On your go, oh, James. Sorry, I was going to ask you a question, Matt. Are we just not talking about the Falkirk game? I know if we're going to do a season review episode as well, I think that's probably more suited to that. We should probably talk about the Falkirk Montrose games next week because there'll be lots of people tuning in and going, oh, lots of Falkirk analysis chat. I we are talking we... about game of the season as well, so we can sort right, of, yeah, yeah. that's a nomination for game of the season that's probably going to fucking win it. But if we're going to do that episode with all the fan clips together, we could probably talk about the Falkirk game then as well. To be fair, you don't really want that much analysis chat, do you? You're too, no, everyone's it's too how pushed were you? Aye, Aye exactly. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week are Jamie McDonald. Jamie, how are you? Absolutely fantastic. It's great to be champions. Certainly is. Rhys Aldane's here. Rhys, how are you? Excellent, Matt. As Jamie said, what a feeling. Feels great. Rhys Jenkins is here. Rhys, how are you doing? Yep, absolutely fantastic. And rounding off our panel is David Forrest. David, how are you? I'm good. I'm coming to you live from the canal, still setting off smoke bombs two days later. What a feeling. Superb. So this episode we're going to do, it's an awards episode. Long-term listeners right, might remember that we did an end-of-season awards episode. At the end of last season, which had a slightly more negative feel to it. This is going to be quite a positive one. We've got six awards to give out. We'll just run through each of the awards. We've got four nominees for each award and then we're going to put them to Twitter polls. So you decide who wins, but we will also discuss who we think should win the award too. So the first award we're going to go to, we're going to go for the big one first, Player of the Year. So Partick Thistle's League One winning campaign Player of the Year. We have four nominations for this. So I'm going to ask the guys to just talk about each one for a couple of minutes before they, they tell you who they think should win Player of the Year themselves. Our four nominations are Stuart Bannigan, Brian Graham, Darren Brownlee and Scott Tiffany. So, Rhys Haldane, I'll come to you first about Stuart Bannigan. Why is Stuart Bannigan one of our four nominations? Basically, Bannigan's consistency and it's, it's consistency at a very high level. He's just... He's at 8 out of 10 near enough every week. Of course, he, he might have a an odd mistake here or there, but it's just, it's plays at the best of his ability. He just plays at a high level and, and his intensity never really drops. And he's like a captain figure without being the captain. Obviously, I had the captaincy before. And I don't know if it's a role that he doesn't really want or what, but we've got a few captains in the team. You look at Brownlee, Doc, Banzo, Graham, like, the leadership qualities throughout the whole side and Bannigan's one of the ones that drives it right through. He's fistle through and through. That's his second lead title for us now. And he's brilliant, mate. He just epitomises everything it means to be a part of Fistle player. And he, he feels like a fan on the pitch almost. And I'm just delighted for him to win, win the league with us again. Reese Jenkins, do you want to talk a bit about Brian Graham? Yeah, so Graham... Um... He's coming for a bit of stick at times, I think, because uh, he can be a bit of a frustrating player with the way that he gets he gets himself so many chances, but he's not always the he's not always the best at finishing them. But I think that's just a, that just shows how how good a striker he is really at this level because he is getting himself the chances. And then overall, when you look at over the course of the season, he's he's been our top scorer, and I don't know, we wouldn't we probably wouldn't have been where we are without him, to be honest. It's just just a pretty solid return, really. Like you can't ask for more than that from your striker. And um, I think it's more than that as well. He likes to bring bring other players into the game because he's got good hold up play and link up. And I think he's coming to his own this season. I think he struggled with his. Uh, I think he struggled a bit before and um and the towards the end of last season. But yeah, we've really we've really seen him come into his own. Jamie, do you want to touch on Darren Brownley? Darren Brownley's been one of the best centre backs we've had in years. You know, I, I love watching him play. He's brilliant in the air. Because he had a very good partnership with Bell. I think they brought on each other's games pretty well. But. You know, he always sweeps up if there's any mistakes, if we've given the ball away. He's calm on the ball. He's good, you know, distributing it out wide or into the midfield. I just love watching him play. 
Only thing I wish, I just wish he could have got a goal from a corner this season. I would have liked him to get a goal. There's one game left, you never know, but he's just been, yeah, he's just a fantastic centre back. And I, I love having him at the team, and he was well too good for League One. And you could see it this season. He's got to be in the League One team this season, whenever that's coming out. You know, he, he strolled most games at the back. I can't remember any game when he gave a goal away. I think I can remember making one mistake, and we didn't even concede from it this season when he stood on the ball. But apart from that, he's been absolutely fantastic. and it's just, as I said, one of the best centre-backs in the league and he'll be fantastic next season for us in the Championship. What an asset. David, Scott Tiffany. I mean, the effect that Scott Tiffany has had on the team is just immeasurable. We look a completely different side of him than we did before. Um, is it 11 goals uh, and assists that he's had in the space of, what, a month? Like, he's unreal. Like, he, he, he's just totally thrived at the team. He's, he's loving it by all accounts from you know, re- listening to his interviews and stuff like that afterwards and you know from what James Kearney's been saying he absolutely loves it you could see him up at the window on Thursday having a great time I think just he's been so central to everything that we've done so well over this last month that he has to he has to be acknowledged as in that as in that question because yeah he, he's just been beyond he's probably been one of the best attacking players we've seen since, what since since like the Dolan and Lawless and Erskine, like since them, I, I can't think of too many people that have had such an impact as Scott Tiffany, especially in such a such a small time. It's it's literally him and Scott McDonald are there as a, for post Premiership players, and yeah, he's just been incredible. Thanks, guys. I'm going to come back around you now and ask you for your pick for Player of the Year out of those four nominees. So, Reese, I'll come back to you first. Who are you? Who's your Player of the Year? Um, my, play, my Player of the Year's got to be Darren Brownlee. Like, it's just the same again. Like, yeah, he's been consistently good as well, and he goes under the radar because like, he never puts a foot wrong, and that's what you want for your centre-half. See, if they're quiet and they don't make mistakes and whatnot, that's exactly what you're needing. So, Darren Brownlee for me. Reese Jenkins? Well, it might be a bit controversial. I'm, I'm just going to go for Tiffany because even though he's only been here a short time, I just think the impact he's had has been unprecedented and I don't know if we'd have, we'd have won the league without him. Um, so I think I'm just going to give it to him just because I've been so impressed by him. Uh, the goals, assists, the pace he brings to the team, the kind of speed of thought, uh, everything about him. I just think he's he's been a breath of fresh air and I don't, I don't think we'd have won the title if we hadn't got him in. So uh, thankfully Adam Devine went back back to Rangers on loan and we got him in. Jimmy? feel bad for Stuart Banning in here, but I'm going to have to go with Tiffany as well. I'm going to have to agree with Reese Jenkins because he's just been unbelievable this entire season. Oh, well, sorry, since he's been here. He's come in, he's scored nine goals in 12 games. He's got three assists. You can just see on the wing. I mean, the more games went by, you could see more players marking and paying attention to him because the managers obviously had told him he was a threat, but he still managed to produce nearly every single game. I mean, 12 games, 12 goal involvements is an unreal record. and I cannot remember a player apart from Scott McDonald, making such a good impact. It's just been fantastic and a revelation, really, and us going forward. Discussed it in the last podcast that he's allowed other players to play better going forward as well. And he's brought on other players and improved their game. And he's just trying to change the way we play. Um, yeah, I think he McCall did identify him as like the, the missing link in the team. and He was the, the, you know, the final part that was going to make whatever McCall ball is, whatever he wanted us to play. And he's been fantastic. And I really hope we can get him back next season. But, you know, who knows? But even if we don't get him back, got to wish him the best because he's been fantastic for us. He's a major, major part of why we're winning the title. David? I think there's absolutely a strong case on all four, to be honest. I, I had kind of set myself on Bannigan going into this. And then when I got asked to discuss Tiffany, I've kind of convinced myself that, yes, Scott Tiffany should win Player of the Year. I know he's only been here for, what, like six, seven weeks, but he's just his astronomical change in the team, and it's it's down to him. So, yeah, I'd, I'd go with Scott Tiffany. Sorry, Banzo. No, I agree with you, David. I think they're all they're all deserving in their own ways. I'm going to go to Stuart Bannigan. I think, as Reese mentioned, he's really been below an eight out of ten this season, and the couple of games recently where he has been out the side, you have noticed a sort of drop in the team's performance. And I think Ian McCall described him and Doc as the beating heart of the team. And I think that that's exactly what they are. They are the beating heart of the team. And if he takes Stuart Banning out of that, we're not quite the same team. And I know you should only judge it on what you've seen on the park, but I think you sometimes see 
Player of the Year awards go to somebody for sort of sentimental reasons. I seem to remember like Ryan Giggs and Scott Parker getting Player of the Year awards down in England just because it was sort of a nice narrative and it's a nice narrative for Banzo to get it, I think, this year. But as well as that, he's been totally deserving because he's never dipped below a 7 or 8 out of 10 in any game throughout the whole season. And I think if we had Scott Tiffany for the whole season and he performed like that, he would have got it. But for me, just because Banzo's been here since the start, doing it week in, week out, Banzo's going to get my vote. Next up, we've got goal of the season. So we've got four contenders for that. Again, I'll name them. I'll come around the guys and just get them to talk you through them and then ask for their pick. So we've got Brian Graham at home to East Fife, Connor Murray at home to Forfar, Zach Rudden at home to Montrose, and Brian Graham again at home to Falkirk. So first up, we'll talk about Brian Graham's goal against East Fife. It's the only pre-shutdown goal on the list. Jamie, do you want to speak about why he's been nominated? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a fantastic goal. I remember that maybe forgotten about because it was in the first half of the campaign, which wasn't as successful, but uh, he'd already put his ahead for a penalty that day and he was played through in the second half. I can't quite remember who played for it. It might have been Penrace. And he was put through. He had one defender running alongside him. He just dinked the keeper. He saw him off his line. And I think the keeper was maybe about eight yards off his line. And he just first time dink over the keeper. And yeah, just floated into the back of the net. And you could see he was buzzed with it. I mean, what a goal that was. It was absolutely fantastic. Rich Jenkins, do you want to talk about Connery's goal against Forfer? Yeah, so I think I remember at the time I was, I remember thinking like, I wasn't 100% sure if he meant it, but I think um, I, I do think uh, looking back, it, it was it was a it was a screamer. It was and off the and off the left hand side, if I remember correctly, and um, he just kind of bent it over the keeper, and um, yeah, that no, was a it was a great one. I think it's uh, it's right up there for me. Reese Haldane, do you want to talk about Zach Ruddens against Montrose? I saw Ruddens second goal against Montrose. It was brilliant. Uh, striker link up play. Him and Graham played a wee one two. And it's just it sat up for him perfectly, 22 yards out or something, and he's put his laces right through it. Just brilliant technique. It's like, if you are to describe like a perfect strike in your head, it's that, and it's rifled past the keeper. Obviously, we're flying that night, and it was just, in my opinion, that's a goal that stands out for me. It was, just, it was a brilliant strike, and brilliant to see like your striker, who's been struggling for form, hit a goal like that, and you just know from that moment on, mate, he's going to fly now, that's going to set him up for the season. David, I've deliberately left you until last as you admitted you couldn't remember some of these goals, so surely you remember Brian Graham's against Falkirk the other night, his, his first and the team's third. Yeah, I mean, at this point, that was that was the real point in the game for me where you, you could see it was a goal based entirely on confidence. It was, you know, as we mentioned before, you know, it was chances that were being taken that wouldn't have been taken, say, before the shutdown because you still have that confidence. The team were just free-flowing and Graham strike was just amazing. It was fantastic. You knew we'd won the league at that point, obviously, because they're final up. But you could just see the confidence in the whole team and the confidence in Graham from that, where we were just pinging stuff in, and the keepers are absolutely flapping on them. And that goal was just to sort of the the highlight. I would say it was just it was such a confidence goal, and yeah, it was just fantastic to watch. It was just great to see the team doing so well. And, yeah, I'm just looking so confident on the pitch. So I'll come back round you again and ask for your pick for goal of the season. So, Jamie, what's getting your vote? I want to say Brian Graham's chip, but I'm going to go with Brian Graham's goal against Falkirk just because of the meaning behind it. You know, it's a title-deciding game. He puts his 3-0 up before half-time. We're completely in the driving seat. It's just such an important goal, and I think that's got to get my vote just because of the significance of it. Gary, I have a wee honourable mention, though. It wasn't in the list, but uh, Scott Tiffany's equaliser against Cove because that was another very important goal and it was a fantastic strike. Bruce Jenkins? Yeah, echoing everything just said there. I think um, I've got to go for Graham against Falkirk, just the magnitude of it. It was it was, a, it was a thumping strike as well, but it was uh, it was just so important. Like, I was jumping about my living room with my dad when I went in. I was, that was the moment we knew, we knew we'd won it. So we, we, even though the commentators were saying on the on Jags own um, about they were they don't want to get too confident yet, I think that was when we knew we we, we weren't going to throw the three 0 lead. I'm going to go against the grain here, and I'm going to say uh, is that Rudden against Montrose? I just thought like as soon as they scored that goal, it was like the perfect strike. Honestly, like just his standing foot's planted, and he just he just lashes it with his his right foot, and it's just it rises all the way up in the net. It's just a satisfying goal. So that one for me. David? 
I'm going to agree with Reese Haldane here. I think the Rudden one against Montrose, now that I was reminded of it, yeah, I, I, I absolutely loved that goal. It was fantastic. And yeah, but Rudden against Montrose. I'm going to go Graham against Falkirk for me. And it's, I think the Rudden against Montrose and Graham goals, they're pretty similar goals. Like they're decent strikes going back across the goalkeeper. But I think just the magnitude of Graham's goal and how good good I felt when it went in, Graham's goals getting, getting my vote. So we'll move on to category three. Our third award is going to go to signing of the season. So we've got four nominees for that. We have Kieran Wright, Ross Doherty, Scott Tiffany and Stephen Bell. So I'll come round you all again and ask for your thoughts on those players and then your picks. David, I'll start with you. Kieran Wright, discuss. Kieran Wright is, well, at the start of the season, I think we were all a bit shaky on the prospect of Kieran Wright. I mean, I remember a couple of people, maybe been Reese Haldane, um, who mentioned about how he wasn't very confident in him because of his loan spells at Aula and at Rangers when he'd seen him. I think we all had quite low expectations of him coming in. And he totally surpassed that. And I think a lot of people had thought that it was Snedden's year to be goalkeeper and he was going to be unopposed and that this is kind of a backup signing. And then when Snedden, I believe Snedden got injured, he put right in and Wright just absolutely cemented himself as the number one for so long. He was fantastic. He won player of the month in what, like his second month, third month with the club. He was, he was, he was great. And I think he totally surpassed any expectations that we had for him. It was just really, really dependable throughout the season. And it was really interesting seeing the battle between Snedden and Wright for the position because you could arguably go with either for number one. That's a really good thing to have when both your keepers are fighting for number one. It's There's not a, an established hierarchy of, you know, one and two. It's one A, one B. And yeah, Kieran Wright absolutely earned his place between the sticks and he's been a fantastic signing. Reese Jenkins, do you want to speak a bit about Doc? Yeah, so obviously we signed Doc in a pre-contract from air and he's obviously got the McCall connection there. And I remember thinking, go because when he signed this pre-contract, we we weren't looking, well, we weren't looking into much danger relegation, if I remember correctly. And I, I remember thinking, like when we went down or when we got voted down, how much is he going to really be into this? Because I mean, if you sign for a Championship club and you find and you find yourself in League One, you're probably going to be a bit disappointed. But he's just been, he's been just like we've said about Banzo, he's just been really consistent performances. The difference without him and Banzo on the team is just it's just massive. It's just the it's just as we said, the heartbeat of the team, they keep it ticking over. They're just in possession, they're so much more comfortable than anyone else we've got there. Yeah, he's he's been he's been great and I'm and we know that he's good enough to stick to, to do it at the next level as well because he's done it in the championship plenty plenty before for air. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm really happy with him as a signing and look forward to having him in the future as a captain. Reese Haldane, I know we've spoken a bit a bit about Tiffany before, but do you want to just give him another mention? Basically, just echoing what's been said before, like the change that he's brought to the whole side, you can't even you can't even fathom what he would have done when he came in for a winter signing to come in and change the whole dynamic of play. And as Jamie said, for like he's basically created McCall Ball at the beginning of the season. We were kind of like we we're a bit stuffy and like we we're obviously we we're hard to break down, but we didn't really score. But now we're hard to break down and we play attacking football. It looks like Rudden, Tiffany, Graham, Cardo, they're going to score every time they get into the box these days. And we've had, we've had what is it, 2 5 nils. we've had a 4-2. We're actually playing really beautiful football and I think Tiffany's like the main factor in that. Obviously, Rudden's came back to fitness and he's hit form at the right time, but basically, I think, as you mentioned, like the league title win is basically down to Scott Tiffany, so he's been invaluable. And Jamie, Stephen Bell? Yeah, I mean, we've all spoken about Bell on previous podcasts and I've just been surprised at just how fantastic he's been for us. He's really brought a calmness to the back line and he's, you can tell he's a really experienced head at 36. You, can, you know, he, he's been around the block a few times in football and he's been he's been fantastic for us, honestly. A revelation, in my opinion, because I just didn't expect him to be as good as he was and I think he has really tightened us up at the back. You know, we look pretty compact. When he, Any time he's been in the team, his distribution is good. He doesn't just lump it up the park all the time. He's good in the air. And he's got a few tackles in sometimes, and I don't. Apart from one mistake, he's five since then. I don't remember him making a mistake since, and he's been very, very good. And I've just enjoyed watching him play. And it's a shame that McCall said he might not resign, but even if he doesn't, it's another player that I'll wish well with whatever he does next. If he wants to stay part time or whatever, but yeah, he's just brought a real calmness to the back line. You can clearly tell he's got experience. 
So, David, who's going to get your vote for signing of the season? I mean, the problem is, is if you vote Scott Tiffany, he's doing the double, isn't he? Because he's going to win player. I've put him down for player of the year and for signing of the year. Um, he, he quite clearly is the best signing that we made this year. Um, so I'd have to go with him. So I'll, I, you know what? I'm going to go for Bannigan for player of the year now and give Scott Tiffany the signing of the year so they both get an award. But it's Scott Tiffany. Chris Tarrant must condemn this change of final answer. It's disgraceful. Um, Rich Jenkins, who you have in signing of the season? Just the same as David saying there. It's got, it's got to be Tiffany. There's no other no other way around it. The, we've not, I think he's probably the best signing we've made in like recent history, to be honest. I can't think of anyone that's had that level of impact. I'm probably doing something of disservice there. But like, I've, he's been in terms of short-term impact, it's been ridiculous. I'm going to give an honourable mention to Doc, though, because... I think it's probably underappreciated how how much like a player like him can do for the team, as I was just mentioning there. And um, I think uh, he's been really really solid to kind of the the consistency we've had kind of later in the season. So um, number one, Tiffany, but definitely I would say I would give number two to to Doherty. Yep, Reese Haldane. See, I want to say Ross Doherty as well because I actually think Doherty is unlucky not to be in with a shout for Player of the Year, and he's one of the players like same we did sign him. I'd seen him before at Erna, you think he doesn't do much, he doesn't score, he doesn't assist and obviously he's not a highlight player but it's not until you actually see him in your team and see how valuable he is to the team he just keeps us ticking, he just recycles the ball, every time he loses it he'll win it back and he's like a driving force behind the team but I just can't look past Scott Tiffany, like he is the signing of the season <laughs> so it's got to be Scott Tiffany, if we're doing signing this season, it is Tiffany even though I'd love to give it to Doc yeah. Jamie? Yeah, I mean, I'm basically echoing what's been said by everyone so far. Doc has been an unreal signing, and I rate him possibly as the best player in our squad. I know a lot of people will probably they'll go to you know Tiffany and they'll go to um, Brownlee and a couple other players batting him, but I honestly think Doherty is such a complete player in the middle of the park. You know, his tackling, his passing, just his game awareness. I just think he's a fantastic player. But that all being said, I'm going to have to give it to Tiffany as well, just because... He completely changed our season. He's provided so many important goals. He's caught important assists. He's, as I said, brought on other players going forward and he's changed the way we play. So I'm going to make it Scott Tiffany as well. Yeah, totally echo all your thoughts, guys. I think if we had five nominees for Player of the Year, I think Docker would have been number five. Um, he's, he's very unlucky to miss out. He's got a, a real claim for that and he's got a real claim for this too. But I think just the impact Scott Tiffany's made. It's the, the signing that turned our season round, so he's got to get the vote I, for that. I was I was going to make a bold prediction uh, just for the next season. I think Doherty might be our player of the year next season. Yeah, can definitely see that. So we're past the halfway mark. Our next category is going to be game of the season. We have four games to talk about. Surprisingly, they are all post-shutdown. They're all in pretty recent weeks. So we've got Airdrie 2, Partick Thistle 4. Partick Thistle 5, Montrose 0, Cove Rangers 2, Partick Thistle 2, and Partick Thistle 5, Falkirk 0. So, Reese Jenkins, I'll come to you first on Airdrie 2, Thistle 4. Yeah, so this was the game where it all, um, it was on a knife edge when we made that save, uh, well, Wright made that save and we had the counter-attack goal. And um, I think this was, this kind of thing was a, that, that's a big turning point in your title, in your title charge, because that goal goes in and we might just not have that momentum to take it into the rest of the season. I know that sounds a bit cliched, but I do think like we we, we were just like we were like a steam train to the end of the season. And um, if that if we we if we'd lost that game, we might just have not had that. And I think uh, that and then the kind of resounding result we got in the end was is why is why it's up here in the kind of the best games of the season because it was I think it would have been go, it goes down as a, a pretty important result. Jamie, do you want to speak about the Montrose five now? This game really did provide a lot of confidence to the squad. You could tell, like, after this game, we were much more free-flowing going forward. As we just took our chances in this match. Like, if you looked at the stats that day, we weren't completely dominant. It wasn't like, you know, we had, like, 70% possession and loads and loads of shots on target. It was quite even possession and shots-wise, but it just showed we were so clinical that day, and that provided the confidence we needed going forward. And Yeah, we just looked like a side who was always wanting to score and never wanted to concede after that game. And it was just a fantastic performance overall. Sat Rudden, I think this was the game that really cemented his form. Yes, he'd scored twice against Clyde, but he scored against a top-half team twice here. Really helped us get on to a win. Richard Foster was brown going forward that day as well. You know, Overall, this was just a fantastic performance, and it was the first time 
you know, wheeled this stat out about a million times now, but it was the first time we've scored five goals in the league since November 2015 against Kamarnock. So it's great to get that hoodoo gone as well. Yeah, I just think it was uh, laying a platform for the rest of the games after that. And really, really, there's a big reason why we are champions because of this game, I think. David, the 2-2 up at Cove Rangers is the only game on the shortlist that we didn't win, but how important was it? Oh, it was... It was massively important to our season. I think in terms of entertainment value for as a neutral, this is possibly the best one there. It had Everton that had goals off the line, you know, shots off the post, um, goals chalked off, penalties, non-penalties, the lot. And it was, yeah, like th- this was the game. I think we'd all kind of assumed that Falkirk were a free fall and it was going to be us and Cole for the league title. We needed to win this or draw. We couldn't lose this game, basically. And it had many twists and turns. And yeah, it was a very, very exciting game. But when we went 2 1 down, I think a lot of it, I think a lot of us thought the heads would drop. And for Tiffany uh, to get up the pitch straight away, and then, you know, for us to score that second goal was like, it, it, was, su- it was such a rush at the time of just going from that, that great low of thinking we've chucked it to being straight back up and thinking that we can actually do this. And yeah, it was, it was a fantastic game to watch. I think if you were watching it and it wasn't a Fissile game, you'd really, really enjoy it. But I, having that sort of added edge of a beat of being a Fissile fan in there, just you could see how much it meant to everybody at the end. And yeah, it was just a great game to watch. And uh, like possibly one of our most important games, I would say. I think... I think not losing to Cove is, is what got us over the line, to be honest. And yeah, I would say it's a huge game for us and a really entertaining one. And Rhys Haldane, Thistle 5, Falkirk now. How good was that? Tenna speaks for itself, really, doesn't it? The night we won the league, uh, a complete performance. In terms of like a, a perfect performance, you don't get any better than that. It was just, we totally dismantled them. And 5-0, it could have easily been... Eight or nine, and that's not even an exaggeration. I mean, with that goal chalked off, we had we had plenty of chances. We had Cardo running through one on one in the ninetieth minute, and he just puts it away. Don't know how he managed that, but from start to finish, all over them, Falk up barely even threatened. That's against our main title rivals throughout the whole season, really. To be honest, start of the season, it's between us and them as the two favourites, really. The only other full time team, and they barely laid a glove on us just showed why we should be champions we deserve to be champions good going forward, good at the back good in the middle, good all round perfect Rhys Jenkins, what's getting your vote? I just can't look past the Falkirk game to be honest like just the absolute elation like felt when when those goals went in, actually when I was watching it it was uh, it was on the stream and my stream was playing up a bit um, and I missed the first goal, so we, my dad was pure trying to get it back on, like, like going a bit mental. And we got it on, and it said one 0 So we just like jumped up when we when the stream uh, the stream came back on. And then uh, when Tiffany hit that second home, like, oh, it was just like jumping up and down, like going absolutely crazy. And I, I haven't felt that with this in a long time. So like, well, obviously we've I've enjoyed this run of wins, but and um, good results. But like to secure the title like that, it just felt amazing. Like it was brought brought us back to 2013. I can't look past that. The the Montrose game, um I thought for two five nils, I thought that I thought the Falkirk five nil was far more emphatic. It was more of a five nil. I thought the Montrose game, like Jamie said, I think we were quite clinical. We we probably don't win that five nil if we play it again. But like that Falkirk game I feel like we just created so many chances and like we thumped them like we would do I reckon we play that game game again and again, we'd win four nil, five nil. And um it was just it was just perfect. What a perfect way to, to win the title. Jamie. Yeah, I cannot uh, go against Graham with this one. I can't disagree with what anybody said. It's got to be the Falkirk game. Like, you know, it's the, we've tied up the title. It's a game you know we'll definitely look back on for years to come. At that game, it's like people look back at the Morton game and the people also look back at the Falkirk game in 2013. It's like, oh, look at those games. They're historic matches. They won as a title. We hopefully will look back at this game for years and years to come. You know, we, if you're going to be honest, we thrashed our nearest title rivals, which were meant to be our nearest title rivals anyway. Even though they were in bad form, we played fantastic. We looked brilliant going forward. You could see the players really wanted it. And we added the first trophy to our cabinet for eight years. So just what a night. And you, you can't, you just can't beat it. You just cannot beat it. The only thing that would have made it better is if fans were in stadiums. That's about it. But as a, you just can't go past the Falkirk game. David? I mean, if you'd asked me this question on Wednesday, I think it would have been a solid case for any of the other three. But who am I 
to go against 5-0 in a title decider with lads in the canal setting off smoke bombs. It's clearly the Falkirk game. It was, I mean, we, me and Matt watched it on Skype and it was so much fun. He was popping open the champagne after a, like 50 minutes into the second half. It was just, it, it was great. It was just, yeah, I can't go against 5-0 Falkirk. Reese. <sighs> Obviously, five 0 Falkirk is a standout, but you look at it all together, like the Erdre game. That was the day we kind of turned up. You know, like I thought to myself, like we could actually go up here through the playoffs or whatever, because we were we were dominant that day against a team who we kind of have a rivalry with. The Montrose game, that's a day we kind of like confirmed our title credentials. Like, okay, we're good enough to win the league if we put a good run together. We keep this form up, we can win the league. The Cove game kind of just cemented that that was like right. Massive, massive point. We need three more points left, and then the Falkirk game. What a way to cap it off! That finished it. That was brilliant. And as the rest of the boys say, you can't look past that. So I'm going to give it a full house. Yep, five out of five for me, as you said, David. I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, the second goal when the third goal went in." That was me off celebrating, jumping about. It was the fourth goal for me. That's when I got the the bubble out of the fridge, and aye, five nil and a title decider. You're going to be hard pushed to get in better than that as a Thistle fan. Definitely not in the last few years anyway. Our next category was probably the hardest to choose nominees from, not because none of them don't deserve it. It's just quite an interesting category. It's the most improved player. So our four nominees are Jamie Snedden, Mo Sen and Yang, James Penrice and Zach Rudden. So Rhys Haldane, I'll come to you first on Jamie Snedden. You know, like, Snedden's had, like, he's had a few setbacks in his time at Thistle. Like, there's been times where you think, right, this is him going to be number one now. He's cemented his place in the team. And then we bring in another keeper and that keeper starts. Or Snedden picks up a wee niggling injury and he's out for a bit. So he's, he's not had the best of times of it. But when he does get his chance, like he's shown recently, he has taken it. He took it when uh, Hazard got injured. He took it when Fox was injured. I think he got a chance last season at some point and he was decent. And then he took it again this season. And he's been, he's looked brilliant. He's looked so assured. Like, I know he played a few friendlies at the beginning of the season and it was a bit questionable. Like, I remember it was a goal, I can't remember if it was against, I might have been Hearts or something. And he let in, it was against Air United actually. Muirhead crossed and he let it in his near post and you're thinking, oh, come on, Snedden. It was last chance for Snedden and you're thinking to yourself, if we don't give Snedden a chance here, he's going to, he's going to be away at the end of the season. And he's took his chance with both hands and He's looked at a really good keeper. He's broke the, well, he's not broke it, he's, he's matched the clean sheet record five in a row. I think it was like 600 minutes without conceding a goal or something. Just brilliant for him. Good young keeper. And hopefully we can keep him on next season and look forward to seeing more of Sneddon. Jamie, most Senna and Yang. The first half of the season is probably the one that Senna looks back on more favourably. He was fantastic that half of the season. You know, he was a real revelation at the back. He came in as a player who people wanted to see get a chance from, you know, he'd come through the under-23 or under-20 squad, and, or the reserves as it's called now anyway. But yeah, he'd come through and he just did fantastic at the back. He was playing in, as a centre-back, even though a lot of people said that they thought he'd be more comfortable uh, holding midfield. I think he played in centre-back before, maybe for Pollock. But anyway, he just looked, he looked, looked very, very assured at the back and <clears throat> very good for his age. But uh, the second half of the season maybe didn't go exactly the way he wanted it to. But I'm glad he's managed to come on and make a few substitute appearances towards the end of the season to hopefully give him some confidence going into next season. And we'll see how he does in the championship. But yeah, it was a, it was a good first season for him coming through, maybe bar a sticky spell during the start of this month. David, James Penrice. God, I hope you want to go to company with James Penrice. Uh, the problem I have here is that I don't think he has improved in league one. I think he's been at a consistent level <laughs> over the last three years. I don't like. I think he's been fantastic over the last couple of years. That saying he's improved is a bit of a misnomer because it implies that he wasn't that good last year. Pentrice has been great when we've seen him this year. A real strong element of the of the squad, especially uh, when we had like Senna, who was a bit inexperienced coming through and kind of learning every week. Having Penrice on the left was good to have, and he's he's worked well in midfield as well when need be. I think he's been he's been great this season. Yeah, I think he's been fantastic this season, but I I don't know if it's necessarily an improvement. I just feel that he's kind of been ticking along at the sort of same very good level that he has been before. <laughs> I think I just chucked him in there because his, his I think his defensive plays improved. 
his all-round game, I think, he has been playing at a sort of similar performance level, but I think his, def- his defensive game has improved That's this fair, season. And, and you, you could argue he's playing against lesser opposition, which is true, but I think he's looked a lot more solid and dependable. He's just been solid, solid year on year, and he's not really improved. But one thing he has improved on each year is his fitness is getting better. Um, I remember at the start of COVID, like before the season kicked off and all that, he was putting up like Instagram stories and videos, like he was working one-on-one with a PT, so his, his fitness is through the roof this year. And he's shown that he can play anywhere. We already know he could play like centre mid. Obviously, he was playing left mid earlier on this season, done a great job there. And then for the Falkirk game, I think he was playing on the right wing. And it was one of his better games this season. He just tore their left back to shreds. He was brilliant and he was unlucky not to leave a goal. Rhys Jenkins, do you want to talk about Zach Rudden? Zach's proven a lot of people wrong and I think including myself to an extent I think um, he showed a lot of immaturity this is like for this award is most improved this season but I think we could even we could even look just closer and like uh, over the course of the season I think Zach Rudden's shown a lot of maturity in like the last um, this kind of running I think his confidence has been through the roof but he was he was just doing stupid stuff quite like constantly like that um that um red card for descent against Falkirk on Boxing Day I think it was like there's just stuff stuff where you're thinking that this guy's career could be over at Thistle and um he's done so well to to turn it around and just um just to like kind of show how important he's been like this like over the course of the season he's in the league sorry uh, he's he's averaged a goal or assist every 71 minutes which is more than a more than one a game and they uh, go every 95 minutes and I think that's just like how many Thistle players have scored at that rate I know we're down up we're down a division but um he's just become so, he's been so crucial for us and um yeah I think he's he's a strong contender for for most improved just just for um the kind of confidence and maturity he showed recently. Saldane, who's going to get your vote? I'm going to give it to Senna because each of the other nominees have kind of had like a good career or a good career somewhere before, but Senna kind of came out of nowhere, really. Like I know he had his time at Pollock, and then he had a loan spell at the juniors, and then he was on loan at Montrose. But this year he's came in, and no one really expected him to earn a starting place. You thought he might maybe have a few cameos in midfield, show up for the last five minutes, but he firmed himself in that defence, and he looked like as if he was never going to get dropped for a period. Obviously, the stop came at a terrible time for him. It just, like... All the momentum that he'd built up and the confidence, it kind of just went away after the restart. But I think he can bounce back for that. He's the type of character that will bounce back for that. So Senna gets my vote. Jamie? I'm going to go with Rudden just because of the difference in him. It's a huge difference. I was one of the ones as well that was thinking, like, you know, he's he's going to probably leave the end of this season because he was looking like a player with no confidence. It looked like injuries had ruined his career. I know they've been disrupting his special career basically since he's gone here, but just a change in him since the Clyde game but it's been unbelievable he scored two in that game he scored two against Montrose you know he scored an important goal against Dumbarton I know he's claiming the one against Cole I don't know if it was his or not and he scored in the, the Falkirk game as well he just keeps scoring important goals and he looks like a completely different player it's not even just the goals like his hold up play is really good he's really quick in getting past people he's just a, he's just a very good player and he's good in the air as well so I've got to give it to him because the change in him is you know, it's a dramatic change in him from what he was like, you know, maybe when he just came back from injury to what he's like now. So I've got to give it to Rodden. David? For me, it was a dead heat between Senna and Rodden because I think even though Senna has fallen off after the shutdown or whatever, like he, he was so good in the first part of the season that you can't ignore that. Just the sort of rapid change from getting to this level, especially in a position that he's not necessarily the most comfortable in, in centre-back. But I think I would probably go with Rudden because Rudden had a torrid time of it with injuries and stuff like that and just not getting any goals. And I think it it very much, you could see it was getting to him that he wasn't scoring goals. And for him to turn it around in that sort of dramatic fashion and then just, you know, pull out as many goals. And the fact that we have two goal scorers who are bringing a shipping in goals for us is something that we, we very rarely have to that degree. So I'd probably go for Zach Rudden. Reese. Yeah, I've got to go Rudden. Um, I think Senna gets a great shout here, but because um, I think Senna's probably, to be fair, to be fair to Senna, he's probably he may have actually improved more, but I just think it's hard to avoid. It's hard to kind of ignore the impact in this, and I think as much as Senna improved a lot from where he was, the kind of impact that the improvement Rudden's made on the team kind of just makes me want to give it to him. So I mean, maybe it's a dead heat between the two, but. Um, yeah, Rudden, Rudden's just is 
how how the amount of goals he scored and the amount the, how good he's been. It's just he's he's constantly he's constantly doing stuff even when he's not even when he's not scoring. I think sometimes with strikers they, they can be criticised for not really being involved when they're not scoring. And um, I think with Rudden, you just you just know he's always he's always at full tilt. And I think that may be something that he kind of calms down a bit as his career goes on. But there was one moment against Falkirk where he was basically ch- he was pre- chasing down, he was pressing the defender, and I was just terrified he was gonna. <laughs> I was terrified he was gonna go in for a two foot tackle or something and get a red card. But he seems he seems to have that um, sort of maturity as I mentioned earlier. That's a big improvement in his game. He's kind of tempered the the sort of emotional side of it, and um, he's just been. He's, he's been great so I think a uh, big shout out to Senna but I'll give it to Rodden Hi bef- before we started recording I was dead set on giving this to Senna you've almost swayed me to give it to Rodden but I'm going to stick with Senna I think as Reese said at the start of the season I think we probably expect well we definitely did expect goals from Rodden and we didn't expect anything from Senna so I think that's why I'm going to give it to Senna I also am trying not to let recency bias affect my decision I think if Senna had his uh, golden spell in the last month or two and Rudden's hit all those goals in October. I think we all might have went Senna, so I'm, I'm going to stick with Senna. I think he deserves it. Uh, Reese mentioned again earlier uh, Jamie Snedden equaling the clean sheet record, which was also uh, equaled by Kieran Wright earlier on in the season. And Senna was at the heart of the defence during that run where we didn't concede. So for a young guy to come in and get his first taste, uh, first team action for Thistle, I think to do what he did was excellent and I know he had that sticky spell but I think probably every player on the team apart from maybe Bannigan had a sticky spell this season so it's hard to hold that against him. I'm going to go Senna. Our last category is going to be not too Partick Thistle related, it's a bit of a laugh. We did this last season, it's going to be the biggest boo boy. Maybe biggest boo boy isn't the right thing, the, the person you most enjoyed sticking it up this season. So the four nominees are Paul Payton, Connor Salmon, Neil Doncaster and Ali Love. So I can round you all again. Jamie, why is Paul Payton on this list? You know, Paul Payton's obviously had a bit of an icy relationship with festival fans since leaving. It's gotten better at some points, but then it's gotten worse at other points. Every time he seems to be winning some people around, he always does something or says something stupid to piss fans off again. And he was on that commentary for the Dundee United Cup game. And like he was just like you know just chatting shit about festival, but it should be an easy win for Dundee United, and they barely scraped by us. And you know and he was talking about oh Airdrie, we shouldn't have let them beat us the other day when you know we beat them four two and we were kind of all over them in the second half. But yeah, he just kept chatting shit about us basically on that stream, and it really you know wound up a lot of people. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, we didn't beat United that day to shut them up, but you know we did beat Airdrie all three times we played them this season, so it's kind of funny, but. Yeah, he's never had a good relationship with Bessel fans after leaving. He can never main- if he ever does make up with fans, he can just never maintain it for some reason. He always says or does something else. David, your favourite Connor Salmon? Frankly disgusted that he's on this list, to be honest. Um Connor Salmon, I mean <laughs> I mean I've been on record many times I really like Connor Salmon when he suffers. But he is also a striker at Falkirk who were our title rivals. Um, he was also didn't do that well this season. Clearly not hitting the heights of his Thistle heyday, his golden years at Far Hill. But yeah, I think it was just very much like last year we were absolutely spoiled with. I think every team that we played in the championship had ex Thistle players to boo in it, and we were a bit more sparse this year in terms of that. So you've obviously got Peyton, but Connor Samuel was the other big one of an ex Thistle player, and it, it's never not fun to do the pantomime booing of an ex-Fissile player whenever they do anything against us. So, yeah, Connor Salmon, um, he won't be getting my vote, but I can see why, you, you know, from other people. Rhys Jenkins, do you want to talk about Neil Doncaster? Why would he be on here? No idea. <laughs> He's um, been a bit controversial around um, with the, the old M8 alliance. And um, <laughs> I don't know, I, I don't like to go out about it too much because uh, at risk of sounding a bit... Um, a bit salty, but uh, yeah, I think I think it's great. It's just it is a little bit satisfying at least that um, that Hearts and Thistle both went straight back up after being voted down by um, by the clubs and um, by some dodgy dealings at the SPFL uh, offices with the some some votes coming in uh, not coming in the fax machine or something like that. Was it? Yeah, I think we we've quite we've quite we've quite enjoyed um, being able to kind of get up get up Doncaster for. Um, for the way we were treated last season, but uh, 
to be honest, I, I won't say too loud, but I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't go back and change it because I've enjoyed winning the league so much. But um, that's what I would do. Yeah, we did have another uh, nominee, but it sadly got lost in the spam folder, so we had to put Neil Doncaster in instead. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Every Saturday, enjoy to speak about Ali Love. Well, Ali Love just is obsessed with us, mate. Like, and I'm sure, like before this season, not too many Thistle fans would have even heard of him. Mate. He's a bit of, bit of an irrelevant player, like. And then they they obviously beat us at the beginning of the season. He scored the winner, and that's the best thing he's ever done in his career. Obviously, he just holds some grudge against Fissel. and he was putting up like wee memes about Ian McCall, like the Wonderwall stuff and all that. And throughout the whole season, just constantly liking tweets about Fissel and that. Like and Fissel fans don't even really bother with him. Like, do you know what I mean? But and then it just gets brought to your attention. Like this guy just keep going on and on about Fissel. So it's obviously good to get get off him. And then obviously Clyde are struggling down the other end. So. Be brilliant to see them go down. Absolutely, uh, Jamie. Who's going to get your vote? It's tough because there's a few few good options in here. You know, I agree with David. I don't I don't really see Connor Samuel as that much of a blue boy to be honest. Like, it doesn't it doesn't really bother me. But um, it's just a tough one between non- Doncaster and Ali Love. But given Ali Love like that tweet, I think about a week and a half ago or two weeks ago, uh, can't wait to see part of, something like can't wait to see Party Festival in the same league as us next year. Uh, I don't think we're playing in League Two, so I'm gonna give it to Ali Love. David. Yeah, I mean, like there's, there's different levels. Again, Paul Payton is the pantomime dame, you know, the boo hiss, or uh, like that. Like, it, clearly, just again, like he, he's clearly at the bam up, and he knows he's at the bam up, but he he knows the sort of relationship he has with Fistle fans, and he kind of plays on it, and it's like fair enough for that. It has to be Ali Love, partly because well. Obviously, he's obsessed with Fissel, but I think as well, it's a bit, of, it's a, it's a bit, a bit more for me because I used to really like Ali Love when he played for Albion Rovers. He was really good for them because he used to go see Albion Rovers quite a bit. And then obviously the whole thing came out um, with him being done for like a racist assault on the pitch and stuff like that. And then it was just sort of a big sharp turn where I, I really didn't like him. And then for him to come out and then just continuously bam us up as Clyde are about, probably going to get relegated and we go up. You have to go with Ali Love. He just seems like a, a not very nice person. Uh, whereas Paul Payton, I, I don't know, he, he kind of revels in it. I think Ali Love just just isn't very nice. <laughs> Reese Jenkins. I nearly convinced myself to go with Doncaster, but to be honest, I, I, think, I think I'm going to go with Ali Love because just just enjoy getting up Clyde a bit too much, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, enjoy League Two. Reese. Pretty much the same, really. Doncaster just, it's just a guy in the suit who's just shit at his job, isn't he? And fucking, I love just another guy shit at his job who just hates Thistle. So, I love him. I, I was going to say, did you see the guy who um, turned up at Broadwood when we won the title, um, blaring the Jags are going up at his car stereo? That was quite a funny video. <laughs> Fair play, man. Dedication to the bit. What a boy. Superb. Now, as I said at the start of this episode, we're going to put these out on Twitter so you can vote for the winners. Um, we'll probably leave the polls open for a couple of days and then we'll talk about the winners in the next episode. We've got a few episodes in the pipeline. We're going to do a season review where we're probably going to talk about players we want to keep for next season. We've got a couple other things David's mentioned he's going to do the programme. So we should be fairly active during, during the summer. But as always, thanks for joining us. Enjoy being a League One champion and stay safe and wear a mask.
Cool. Um, I I'll have a sit for Tuesday. Um, right. Cool. Aye, cool. There's no real rush in it. It's time is really in it, unless like. I don't know. Fucking James Penrice scores six on Tuesday. That would. I scored him 85 yards uh, for his sixth against Montrose. I suppose goal of the season is the only thing that's going to really get swayed in it. 